0: lord jesus keep me true so keep me true lord jesus keep
1: TO BE HERE SO GOOD TO SEE ALL OF YOU SOME OF YOU WENT OUT AND SEE THERE'S SOME THAT ARE DOWNSTAIRS THERE'S SOME THAT ARE YOUR HOMES BUT IT SURE IS GOOD TO BE GATHERED TOGETHER AMEN IT'S GOOD I WAS DAVID SAID I WAS GLAD WHEN THEY SAID UNTO ME LET US GO INTO THE HOUSE OF THE LORD THAT'S THE WAY I FEEL THIS IS THIS IS OUR ENJOYMENT THIS IS THIS IS WHAT WE LOVE THIS IS WHAT WE ENJOY IT'S JUST GOOD TO BE TOGETHER Amen. We're happy again. Just we're going to get out of the way real quick. I'll let our brother Kyle come. I, I, how many enjoyed the service this morning? Amen. 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 So brother Kyle doesn't have to feel nervous. There's still water here. There's a couple of jugs here now, but uh, he doesn't have to feel nervous. Uh, he can he can drink water if he wants. You know, brother brother Kyle comes from from. Well, he's he's on Vancouver Island, and they have a term out there. It's called Islanders, and and Islanders are just a little different breed. Islanders are, you know, they're 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 people who like gardens and turnips. They're 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 people who like to get out and watch the owls in the tree, and, and, and they're people, you know, they they you know they they're interested in posture. They're, they're, there's all kinds of things. They're just a different breed, you know. I, I, they they actually call that organic. And I'd say Brother Kyle is a real organic preacher. <laughs> and who else, who knows what else will come out of this. But but I'd say he's, he's, he's definitely got organic. And organic is simple. It's down to earth. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's wonderful. It, it's refreshing. And, and we thank God for it. And Brother Kyle's a reader. He's a thinker. And, and, and you know, he, he reads books and, and things. Brother Branham did the same thing. You know, we... Uh, he made a statement this morning. You can live vicariously through Brother Branham. You know, Brother Branham. Well, but who are you? Who is Christ in you? And so it's, it's good to see Christ in all these other areas. So we, we appreciate that. And we appreciate the simplicity with what God has spoken to us. So we're going to let our brother come. And we want to let him just break down, let God break down the walls that, that exist in us. Let us, let's just be Christians. You know, the early church were just known as Believers. That's what we want to be. Believers, let the world see that Christ is alive. He's living in his people. Amen. It's wonderful. The windows of heaven are open. The blessings are falling tonight.
0: The windows of heaven are open. The blessings are falling tonight. Makes everything right.
2: amen praise the lord thank you so much musicians amen praise the lord everybody's doing okay amen Amen. sorry to hide i'm not that polished but god bless you it's good to be here with you again this evening and uh, it's been nice to be here with you thank you for your hospitality and uh, being kind some new faces this evening good to see in front and the back Some, some different ones from this morning so god bless you and uh Special thanks to the Parazog family. They hosted us, and we had such a wonderful time with them thus far. And, uh, you know, being hospitable is a real Christian character that is undervalued sometimes. And uh, Brother Marion just mentioned to me one time at Bible Biblewood camp, you know, if you ever come up, you know, you can come stay with us. And so I took him up on that offer a few years later. So be careful what offers you put out there sometimes. People might take you up on that. But we appreciate being here with you and Brother Ed, the friendship, like you said, Brother Ed came to visit us on the island, which meant a lot. And um, yeah, just hopefully we can speak something tonight again to help you a little bit. Um, it'll just be something simple and maybe a little bit different. And uh, like I said, I'm just here for today. So <laughs> I hope we can uh, be a blessing to you. So maybe if you don't mind, we'll turn to our Bibles uh, Deuteronomy chapter 22, and then we'll turn to Matthew 22. Some of you maybe saw I had a zucchini. I'll be using that later for an object lesson. (laughs) It's nice to kind of drop in somewhere and be refreshing, but if you're you're with me every week, it wouldn't be as refreshing. (laughs) It'd be too much. (laughs) But Deuteronomy 22, this is um, a very unfamiliar scripture, but... There's so many wonderful things in the Bible. And uh, this is Deuteronomy 22, verses 6 and verses 7. If a bird's nest chance to be before thee in the way in any tree or on the ground, whether there be young ones or eggs, and the dam sitting upon the young or upon the eggs, thou shalt not take the dam with the young, but thou shalt anyways let the dam go and take the young to thee, that it may be well with thee, and that it may prolong thy days. Sorry, I want to do verse 8 also. When thou buildest a new house, then thou shalt make a battlement for thy roof, that thou bring not blood upon thine house, if any man fall from fence. Matthew chapter 22. Maybe you're already there. This is a more familiar scripture than birds and railings on balconies, but it'll connect. Matthew 22, verse 34. And sometimes you've got to read the Bible slowly. Verse 34 says, But when the Pharisees had heard that he put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. So the Pharisees failed, but here come the Sadducees, you know? We're, we're more wise in the Scripture. We'll, we'll, we'll trick Jesus. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Hallelujah. And in Mark 12, it also adds strength. Love the Lord with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. So I have a word of prayer, if you don't mind, once more. Precious Lord Jesus, we're thankful to be gathered together. Lord, sometimes we don't realize what a privilege it is. Lord, it's a miracle for these things to be able to take place, that there be a hunger in hearts that want to gather and sing songs and worship and praise you, Lord. This isn't common, Father, in this age, and we're just so glad to be a partaker in this. May your hand continue to be on this church and upon the people, Lord, and strengthen us this evening, Lord. Just a little thought, but Lord... May it be something that would affect us long-term, not just short-term, Lord Jesus, but let it go down, sink deep, and make a difference, we pray. Heal those who are sick and those who are downcast and weary, may you strengthen, Lord. Give them feet that they may run and rise up, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can have your seats. All right. So, here we go. On Friday, we spoke about a posture to not flounder. For those who are there at Grad, I'm not going to recap that. But we had the width and the length and the height and the depth. Then this morning, we spoke about uh, losing the plot, lost the plot, about how God is in nature, God is in his word, God is in his son, and God is in his people, and how we lost the plot on that. In some ways, this is lost the plot part two, but my subtitle will be Emphasis. Emphasis. Amen? So hopefully this can help you a little bit. I'm a big belie- believer in emphasis and hierarchy. Okay, so emphasis means special importance or value or prominence given to something. Okay, emphasis, special importance or value or prominence given to something. Hierarchy is a system of organization in which things are ranked one above the other. You're kind of familiar with that, those terms? Emphasis and hierarchy and so forth? All right. All right. So it's important for us to realize, in many things, what is the main thing in life, <laughs> right? right? The Bible talks about, as Jesus said, the, greater, the great commandment. And we'll get into this, the weightier matters. But emphasis and hierarchy is all around us. Even the architecture of this building declares some sort of emphasis. So there's some sort of, one of the main things has to do with this pew and connection with the pulpit, or the, these pews connection with the pulpit, It's revealing what's going to happen in this building. The the architecture and the design is giving you clues as to what is the emphasis of this gathering. Right? So architecture gives you that. And you are very much, um, when you look at something, you have to have emphasis and hierarchy. When you're driving in the car, you can't just look at a mountain as you're driving your car forever. (laughs) The, The important thing is to stay on the road. You can glance at a mountain for a moment and so forth, but you just can't stare at it. Your brain and your eyes need to work together in a wonderful way to keep you on the road. <laughs> it's emphasis, it's hierarchy, it's learning to distinguish what's the most important, what's second, what's third, what's fourth, and so forth, right? Oh my. So it's important for us to be able to learn, to discern what is the most important thing, or the important things, and understand what comes first on the, uh, the hierarchy and so forth. And uh, Just a little s- silly story, but when I was in college, I was playing basketball and I, w- I wasn't too studious, and I had to do a project on a, on a book. And um, I only read the first five pages of this novel. And I did a, a, a report about how the, uh, the horse was the main character in the book. Because at the very beginning, this horse breaks its leg, and the main character falls off, and events follow. So I didn't read the whole book. So I did a whole paper about the horse was the main character. Because if he had not followed other events would have not taken place. <laughs> I got a B-minus, you know? But... If you were to ask the author of that book, truly, was the horse the main character in this book, I'd say no, right? It's just one sub-character to set up a bigger plot, right? <laughs> oh my. So even in life, people are confused as, as to what is the main thing. This is People are lovers of their own selves, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. So people have the emphasis, they've lost the plot, they don't know what the main thing is are trying to satisfy their own appetites, satisfy their own desires. They'll climb over you, do whatever they can to get ahead. They have lost the plot. They don't know what the emphasis is. Hallelujah. But as believers, I hope we can progress and we understand what the emphasis is. Amen. Amen. Every age has an emphasis, naturally speaking. There was the gold rush age. Build the railroad. There was the railroad age. There's the war on terror, the fur trade, the great missionary age that went forth. There were these great emphases, right? And the world nowadays, they come up with their own emphasis. It's climate change, COVID, or whatever. I'm not saying they're real, but the world begins to establish what they think is the most important things. And they want everyone to toe the line to what they emphasize. So it's important for us as believers not to be brainwashed. Amen? And there's been different moves of God where God begins to reintroduce or re-emphasize and re-shine light on things that were kind of hidden, right? There was a justification move under Luther and sanctification under Wesley, baptism of the Holy Ghost and gifts in a, the Pentecost movement. But as God begins to pour out of these things, people can begin to overemphasize things also, right? Whereas the, the Pentecostals, they, as I mentioned this morning, they really ca- cabbage down on speaking in tongues, as if you had to speak in tongues in order to as the evidence of the Holy Ghost. I'm so glad we don't emphasize that. Amen. I'm so glad we're not beating each other on the back and trying to coo like doves. Amen. Trying to manufacture some experience to feel okay. Amen? I'm so glad the message taught us what is the emphasis. Amen. Amen. What is what is a real experience? How do you have it and what it's like after that? Amen? I'm so glad we're not down some weird rabbit trail in Christianity that we don't have a caricatured version of the Word of God. Amen? We're able to see the Word of God as it's supposed to be. Hallelujah. And as I was saying this morning, even in the back study we're talking a little bit, I'm fascinated by the history from the prophet till now. And even through that, we've gone through stages. There was the prophet, and then there was the eyewitnesses, and the producing of the message books and so forth, and groups began to form, churches began to form, Right? And there was camps begin to form and all sorts of stuff. You know, certain doctrines begin to move forth and so all these things and great missionary uh, seasons and went forth. And the search program came out. And here we are now. As I said this morning, kind of post-criticism. Where I believe we should be ripening right. in the presence of the sun. Amen? Amen. Amen. And there's, there's a quote, I was listening to God's only provided place of worship. And Bram just said something that I really enjoyed here. He says, I believe the church is beginning to hear the message and beginning to understand. But friends, listen, we've got to lay in the presence of the Son. We've got to be ripened. Our faith isn't ripe. Intellectually, we're hearing the message that God has given us and seeing the signs that he showed us and proving it by the Bible as that. But oh, how the church needs to lay in his presence till it tenders up Get sweet in the spirit so that it can bathe down. (laughs) I love that. I'm not saying this is 65, and so, you know, but we've heard it. And yes, we can hear it intellectually and so forth, but to let it, to sweeten, to let it sweeten in the spirit and let it bathe down. Amen? Amen? Amen. And then he goes on here, but I want to let it bathe down, you know? Not just hear it and kind of have an understanding, but let it bathe down into my character and shape my life. (laughs) And he says, sometimes in speaking the message you get harsh. You have to break it in like that because you've got to clinch a nail to make it hold. But when the church once gets it, the elected is called out and separated. Then in the presence of God, I know it'll be something like the people was there when it takes its rapture. And he's referring back to when he was went up beyond the curtain of time. Right? Oh my. Lord Jesus. And that's, I find that quote so fascinating. Because sometimes you've got to speak in harshness. But that's not, the perf- that's not the perfection. You have to have some harsh, harsh preaching sometimes. To kind of drive things out and chisel us down and so forth. But we're not meant to live under constant harshness. Sometimes we, get, we think that the only way to treat one another is by harshness. Right? But there's a sweetness. Amen? Letting it bathe down. You know, people sometimes say, you know, you think I'm preaching hard? You should listen to Brother Branham. He preached hard. He did. Went amongst denominations. Right? At Branham Tabernacle sometimes too because he was dealing with a lot of Pentecostal people and strong ideas. But sometimes you listen to him in a home group with message believers. It's a lot sweeter. Right? I, I'm not against harshness or evangelical preaching and so forth. But Lord, I want to get sweet. I want it to bathe down to where I'm settled, I'm, I'm rooted and grounded in love. If you shake a tree all the time, good luck having good roots. Right? When a wind comes occasionally and shakes it, yeah, it breaks up the soil and lets the roots go deep, but sometimes the roots just need to sit there and soak in the water and get rooted and grounded, amen? Let me get in the sweetness. Hallelujah, let me ripen in the presence of the sun. Hallelujah. And when you're ripening in the presence of the sun it doesn't always look like a lot's happening. Right? You have, you know, the the stalk, the tassel, the growth of the wheat and so forth looks like a lot's happening. But when the shuck is peeling away in the seed and then as the life begins to die from the bottom up because all the life is going into the seed and the the wheat bends down, sometimes it doesn't look like a lot's happening sometimes. Or when you cut the wheat and you let it lay there to bake in the presence of the sun. It may not be as exciting, but it's just as important. (laughs) We need to stop looking for just exciting things. Amen? And just be satisfied with God doing whatever he wants to do. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Let it soak down in my life, Lord. So in the midst of of these global stages or message stages, so to speak, in the midst of that, the emphasis still remains the same for the individual. Okay, number one, as we spoke this morning, kind of, you must be born again. Right? That is a key emphasis. The theme of every apostle, Brother Graham says, was, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? (laughs) The theme of every apostle. I love that. In the token messages, again, I believe. But after you must be born again, there's a post-salvation emphasis also. Because once you receive the token, hallelujah, but then there's a post that emphasis also. And you can probably see a little bit where I'm going and so forth, but, oh my, there's stages in our lives. Sometimes a stage that someone needs to enter into is they need to a stage of repentance. They need to be pricked in their heart. And you, we probably, we, we want to see people become Christians on our terms. But they need to be pricked in their heart. The goodness of God needs to lead somebody towards repentance. Amen. Hallelujah. To prick them in their heart. Oh God, I'm wrong, Lord. Amen. And as Roman, Romans 10.10 10 says, they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. That's one of my favorite verses, because I have found it so. When I was searching for God, I was driving in my car. Some of you may know my testimony, some of you don't, but, you know, I I was starting to visit churches when I was 21. I'd never been to them in my life. And I was going through, basketball had faded away, I was getting involved with drugs and hitchhiking around BC and so forth, and I visited a church one time, it was a Pentecostal church and lots of music, and the guy in the very front, I was in the balcony, the guy in the, there was lots of people, the guy in the front row, he had his shoes off. And he was just dancing, just, I remember in the balcony being like, but is it real? I don't want to, if this is real, I I want it to be real. I don't want to just, you know, be phony. And so later on, when I was driving in my car, I said, God, if this Bible is real, I need you to make it real. Like, without that, I'm lost. And then within like two or three days, God opened my eyes. Hallelujah. They that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved amen and that's such a wonderful experience to be transformed to move from darkness unto light (laughs) oh my lord don't let us forget when he saved us amen Amen. sometimes we forget what life would be like if he had not touched our lives it definitely wouldn't be better (laughs) maybe you'd be richer or something like that but it wouldn't be better okay so emphasis hierarchy as we read in the Bible there, when the Pharisees and Sadducees, when they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in the Bible? He didn't say none. They're all the same. He didn't say that. He didn't say, well, you know, when there's a bird and you find it and uh, don't take the mother with the chicks, that's the greatest commandment. He didn't say that. Right? But it's in the Bible but it's not the most important thing, okay? And this is, this is, in some ways, very elementary, but just don't worry, it's not like a heresy. <laughs> it's, in, it's in the scripture, right? And you didn't say, no, the most important thing is to make sure you put a railing around your balcony so someone doesn't fall off, but it's in the Word. God cares about ecology. God cares about building codes, <laughs> right? God cares for those things, but they're not the most important thing, huh? right? Right? <laughs> So let, let's bring out the zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> you, have you been having Sunday school right now? You're I'm it. Okay, praise the Lord. I'm your, I'm your Sunday school teacher for today. So I made comments about how, how I think a turnip is a beautiful thing on Friday. So um, Melissa and Andrew Dodd gave me the zucchini. Today is a gift. It is nice, right? It's amazing. When you're amazed by a zucchini, you're in a good spot.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> okay, that is, that is a zucchini, is that correct? Then when Brother Marion left and I was by myself, I went in their backyard. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw they had some onions out. Right? Onion of some kind, small one. I didn't pick it, it was on your... already, okay. <laughs> Sorry. It was more for the kids and the adults. So this is a zucchini, right? This is an onion. Now, they're both vegetables, correct? But are they the same? No, it's obvious, right? So someone could say, no, no, just keep it the same. They're all vegetables. It's just simpler that way. Everything's the same. Uh, Don't try and differentiate. This is the same as this. If someone forced that upon, upon you, that'd be insanity. How could you say that's the same as that? Right? But it's a matter of differentiation differentiation and emphasis and knowing what makes something different from the other. It doesn't mean this is better than that. Okay, they're both vegetables and I'm sure they'd be lovely in soups and so forth. (laughs) But learning to differentiate is important. And if we don't, our theology, for lack of better terms, can become sloppy. And we begin to just lump everything together. (laughs) But it's all in the Bible, don't get me wrong. It's all the Word of God. But there's an emphasis, and there's a hierarchy and so forth. Are you with me? (laughs) So Jesus said the main thing is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and all your strength. This is the first, he says. Hallelujah. The first and great command. So to connect with that, whenever you found that kingdoms of Israel and Judah, would be destroyed, it because mainly in connection with this, like in First uh, Kings 11, Solomon in his old age, his wives began to turn his heart from the Lord, and he began to build temples to false gods. So God says, I'm going to take this away from you. I'm going to divide your kingdom. In connection with the love, his love for the Lord God, Jehovah, introducing false gods, It was a direct clash with the great commandment, right? We don't don't ever find God destroying Israel or Judah because of the bird eggs or the balcony railings, though those things are important, right? But the main thing is when Baal began, began to come in, Ashtaroth began to come in, Moloch began to come in, and so forth. It's when false gods, because from there, everything else begins to flow, if you begin to worship Moloch, you're going to have bad ecology. <laughs> you're going to have bad building codes and so forth, right? But it all stems from something else. So it's important for us to realize that, and to be. I know I have discussions with some people sometimes, and they don't like differentiating things, and that's remain brotherly. We'll get into. But even Paul says in 1 Corinthians thirteen, thirteen about how charity is the greatest. Amen. Faith, hope, and charity, and charity is the greatest, and. Jesus in Matthew 23, 23 said, you have neglected the weightier matters. Law, judgment, mercy, faith. The main thing wasn't mint, anise, and cumin, tithing those things. So Jesus himself declares that there was weightier matters. Amen? So these are very, this is a scriptural thought, and it's important for us. So I'm just going to jump to the second one for a minute, and then I'll come back. To the first one. The second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. Whew, that's harder than we think. Amen? It makes a great fridge magnet or a Pinterest project or clearance items at Christian bookstores, but it's harder to apply in our lives. To love, love our neighbor as ourselves. Amen? And it's very unique how that there's this Strange Samaritan mystery woven through the Bible also. Like when they said, Jesus, who's my neighbor? Right? And they talk about there was this man, he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he was beaten and the, the priest passed him by, the Levite passed him by, but the Samaritan took care of him. Then you find the woman at the, at the well. she's Samaritan. Right? So you find this weird, strange Samaritan thread and the, the woman at the well says... They say we should worship in this mountain, but we worship in this mountain. So they had their own temple on Mount Gerizim. They were, had conflicting temples and so forth. But Jesus seems to weave them into the story. It's very, it's very unique. Yeah. Hallelujah. But it's very important for us to say, God, it's not easy to love your neighbor as yourself. Right. It's not. <laughs> oh, my. Have you ever heard of the stature of a perfect man before? What does love rest upon? If anybody wants to say it out loud, they can. Brotherly kindness. Hallelujah. Brother Ram says, all right. Brotherly love. That's a good one right here. When you get to that brotherly kindness, you put yourself in his place on the matter. Now you say, my brother sinned against me, said Peter. Shall I forgive him? Seven times a day? Seventy times seven. Yes. Man, that's That's hard. <laughs> That's hard. That's not easy. Brotherly kindness. Now you see, if a brother is all out of tune, don't be impatient with him. No. Be kind to him. Somebody said not long ago, how can you believe these things the way you do and still go to the assemblies of God and the oneness and all the rest of them? Brotherly kindness. (laughs) Hoping someday, see patience with him, temperance, enduring with him, knowledge to understand what he believes. And remember, it's in his heart. Virtue. To let it go out with kindness. Meekness to him. Having faith that someday God will bring him, him in. Brotherly kindness. It's not easy to love one another as yourself. Amen? But it's so important to be able to love each other. And here's the thing. So to love your neighbor. And Jesus gives um, about the Samaritan and um, the, a certain man going down. But I'm just connecting it. Loving your neighbor with just brethren for a minute. Okay? What makes somebody a brother brothers? So say me and brother George. George, right? Your brother George? Jerry. Jerry. Let's say me and brother, me and brother Jerry are biological brothers. Are we biological brothers because we agree on everything? Are we biological brothers because uh, we like all the same things? We, it, we'd be biological brothers because we have the same parents. <laughs> Amen. Oh, that's so important. Amen. Right. And sometimes we don't realize about being spiritual brothers. What makes us so? The same Father. Amen. Being born of the same Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, bought by the same blood. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And we need to be able to discern the spirit of our brothers and sisters. Amen. And I'm not speaking this because I'm in Edmonton and you have multiple churches. And you have a good spirit here. That's wonderful. <laughs> it's very rare. Oh, my. But it's, it's so important for us to be able to have, understand, emphasis. Like, Brother Ram talks about in the message, discernment of spirit. Some say he's coming on a white horse. Some say he's coming on a white cloud. But he's coming. <laughs> right? And sometimes we, 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 we squabble over things that they don't matter that much. Right? A lot of us here, we love the Lord Jesus. We believe the message. We believe so many of the doctrines the same. Hallelujah! How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's, but it's, it, it's, it's rare and it's special, and I wonder sometimes how much we appreciate it, that we can get along with each other and want the best for each other. Amen? Oh, it, 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 it's taken others who have gone before us and who have labored for us to be, to be able to enjoy some fruit of things we never planted. <laughs> Oh, Lord Jesus, help us, I pray. The second thing is to love your neighbor as yourself. And just I'll add this in for ble- the bleeding heart type. Some think, oh, well, should I have then just compassion for everybody I see? But Ram says compassion is to do the will of God. Like the, at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus didn't go around healing everybody, but who he was led to heal. Amen? So it's important for us to be led. Amen? Because we we can't solve every problem. We can't help everybody out of every situation. And sometimes God has people in certain situations for a certain purpose. (laughs) And it's not up to us to rescue them. But sometimes it is. So it's important for us to be led. Hallelujah. Oh my. So I'm just going to jump back to loving God. Now, the Lord Jesus, when he says, The great commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. True. Now I just think to myself sometimes, would He require something of me that He wouldn't make Himself require too? Also, you know what I mean. He loves you and me with all His heart, mind, soul, strength. So He's not saying you do this, but I'm not going to. He loves us with His heart, mind, and soul and strength. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Hallelujah. As I was speaking about this morning, we don't understand and value much how great it was for the God of heaven to come down and die for us. Hallelujah. He loved me and gave himself for us. Galatians 2.20. Think of it. God, who created heavens and earth, came down in a body and died for us. How marvelous is that? Yeah. Amen? He tasted death for us. He hung on a cross and cried out, Eli, Eli, Lama, Lama Sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Oh my, think of it. The God who knows all things, can do all things, came down and died like a man. Amen. And he did nothing wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What, a, what an expression of love. So it's important for us. It helps us love him when we understand what he did for us. The great sacrifice that he did for us on Calvary is greater than we can realize. We can love him because he first loved us, 1 John 4 19 and so forth. Oh my, I just think of it, honestly, dying on a cross, God. He had to experience something he had never experienced before, dying like a thief. Cursed be every man that hangs upon a tree. God himself dying like that. Oh my, for you and I. Lord, let me love you. Let me be aware of what you did for me. Let me appreciate it. Let me not forget it, Lord Jesus. Oh Lord, all of the Old Testament is pointing to that. So much of it is pointing to when the Lord would come and die for us. When Adam was covered with bloody lambskins, it was pointing towards the Lord Jesus. It was such a major thing. Oh my, Lord, help us appreciate it. And, and in connection with that, to me, loving the Lord is the upstream issue, as I said. Why is this going on? Why is this going on? Why are the young people like this? Why are they like that? Maybe they simply don't love the Lord. So we can try and correct them here and fix that and do this and do that. Upstream, the issue is they probably don't love the Lord. I heard a story one time, and sorry, it's probably a bit dark, but there was this people standing by the river and all of a sudden a body came down the river. Injured, wounded, dead maybe. Then another body came down the river. So people start running out there and trying to grab the bodies, but all these bodies keep coming down the river. And they're yelling at this other man who just came to the river bank and said, come help us, there's all these bodies. And he turned and looked at them, and he ran upstream to see why are all these bodies coming down the river. Right? Sometimes we can try and deal with things down the river, but why is it happening? What's happening upstream? Why is there so much Hollywood? And why is there so many movies? And why is there so much worldliness? There needs to be more of a love for God. That's the greatest thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if that's there, all other things will begin to find their place. If you love the Lord, you don't want to do wrong. And when you do, say, Lord, forgive me. When you love the Lord, you don't want to be super worldly. Right? You You don't want to because you love him. Oh, my, and you want to please him, and you want to serve him. Hallelujah. And everyone that loveth is born of God, as the Bible says in 1 John 4, 7. So sometimes we're expecting people to do things like a Christian or son of God when they're not born again. Right? We set very high expectations sometimes for people. We think, well, they're in church. You know, they've been around for a long time. They should be born again. No, not necessarily. Right? Unless God comes. No man comes to me except the Father draws him, Jesus said. There has to be a drawing. There has to be an attraction. Oh, my. And a repentance. A pricking of the heart and say, God, forgive me. Without you, I'm lost. Would you do something in my life, Lord Jesus? Oh, they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. That's the upstream issue. The love for the Lord. Amen? Amen? Oh, my. Lord, help me love you. Amen? And let me not put stumbling blocks in other people's ways from loving you either. Oh, my. Sometimes the youth struggle with coming to the Lord sometimes because of us. Right? Lord, let me live a life that makes it easier for them to come to the Lord. Let, me be, let us be someone they can talk to also. As I mentioned on Friday, we need more knee-to-knee, chair-to-chair fellowship. Right? To be able to talk face-to-face and communicate with issues and struggles and questions and so forth and pray with one another. And some people expect good fellowship just to drop out of nowhere. But it won't always. You have to initiate. You need to learn to help create a godly atmosphere. Right? Just well, you know, you need to learn how who to how to invite certain people over. Initiate it. Learn how to be one who can create a good atmosphere. Amen. Oh Lord, because supernatural things don't always just drop down when you're at Tim Hortons past ten o'clock, joking around. Right? That's not the most. That won't be the most supernatural time in your life. Is past ten p.m. at Tim Hortons when you're goofing around. Right? Lord, let me be one who can get myself in a position more consistently for you to come down. Amen? Oh, my, I, just, I just have such a heart for, for people. And I find people also very hard to deal with also because <laughs> we're so complicated and we have so many issues. But the Lord has so many resources to help us. Amen? Amen? Oh, and I just find out, you know, sometimes people, they just disappear, and we don't know why, but there's a reason, right? Sorry to mention this, but I mentioned at lunch that I would love to do a survey of people who have left the message. Why? You'll find patterns, consistent patterns of why people left the message, right? It's like, God, let me be aware of that, Amen? Let me be aware of what causes people to, to walk away from God yeah. and be somebody that can help draw people to him. Amen. Yeah. I will make you fishers of men. Yes. Amen. Amen? Not I will make you scarers away of men. I will make you fishers of men. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Lord, may you give us wisdom. Yeah. Amen? And God loves to share wisdom. Because the Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, then him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. Yeah. Amen? But he loves to share, you know, I work with some tradesmen, and if they don't like you, they don't want to share their secrets. <laughs> but if they like you, they do. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my. So it's a certain kind of uh, character and posture that attracts good advice. <laughs> oh, my. Let me, ha- let me fulfill my type of John, the Apostle John, who could put his head on Jesus' bosom, and who had access to secret information that the other disciples didn't have. Right? And certain things come up. Yo, know, John, go ask Jesus. <laughs> Seems to like you more. That's you and I. Right? John is a type of you and I. Oh, my. Do you find, do you ever feel like, man, I just, I'm so glad to have my head on Jesus' bosom. Or do you feel far away? And just, it's, just be honest. Say, Lord, I feel far away. Help me come close. Wash me. If I need to be washed, wash me, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I want to be close to you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, nice. Amen. We all get far away sometimes. Let's just be honest. Nobody's always on fire for God. Right. No, you have dry seasons. Yeah. I told some people one time, uh, I said, they said, how are you doing? I said, I'm feeling really dry. They're like, oh, well, you know, don't worry. You no, know, everybody goes through. I'm like, no, don't panic. I'm just telling you I feel dry. <laughs> it's not an emergency. <laughs> I'll be okay, but I feel dry. Yeah. Amen? And people panic, right? Oh, no. Let's Photoshop you up, you know? Make sure you look like a real good believer again. We go through dry times sometimes. We go through hard times. I mean, Jesus cried on a cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the Bible says he can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. We have a high priest who can be touched by the feelings of my infirmities. The devil wants us to feel ashamed and hide our issues and problems and not tell nobody. But the Lord knows and he's not gonna beat you up for sharing them with him. Huh? Yeah. Right? Like the, the woman at the well. Right. On her she was on her like her sixth husband. Yeah. And they're like, wow, I can't believe Jesus is talking to this person. Right. That's our God. Yeah. He's so gracious. Yeah. Oh my, he was called the friend of publicans and sinners. Yeah. Right? The, the religious people of the time could not understand how he was operating like that. Yeah. He's not afraid of our problems and issues. Amen? Oh my, so many times we try and fix ourselves. Right? Rather than asking the Lord to help us. (laughs) Oh, Lord Jesus, help us. I want to love you, Lord. I just don't want to be amongst the message believers and not love the Lord. In the midst of this third exodus. You know, in the first exodus, a lot of people followed Moses, but not everybody loved the Lord. Some people were just happy for the miracles or for the happy for the opportunity to escape Pharaoh, but they didn't necessarily love Jehovah or love God. Some did, like Joshua and Caleb and so forth. They wholly followed the Lord, right? Many constantly complained, we want to go back to Egypt for the fish and the leeks and the garlics and the cucumbers and the melons and so forth, (laughs) or in the second Exodus, right? Not everybody, again, loved the Lord. They maybe were attracted to the loaves and the fishes or the opportunity to leave Judaism for the, or the f- potential of being free from Romanism and so forth. But not everybody loved the Lord, right? Or you had the, we are living now in the third exodus. And some are attracted to, you know, correct water baptism or modesty or things like that. And that's all good and that's all wonderful, but there's more to it than that. Yes. Hallelujah oh my, I want to love the Lord. Like if we're called bride, right? There's supposed to be a love relationship between the bride and bridegroom. I so badly wanted to title this Romance in the Third Exodus. Right? Where's the love? Right? There's a scripture that talks about how the love of many will wax cold. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Oh, Lord, but Lord, don't let my love wax cold for the brethren and for you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Oh, my. Church is wonderful. I'm so glad for the church. I'm so glad for the message of the hour. I'm so glad for fivefold ministry. I'm glad. But I love the Lord. Amen. Amen. I hope you do, too. Hallelujah. Amen? I hope you're being driven to more of a passion and a love for God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I know some people don't like mentioning this, but, you know, Rebecca was meant to love Isaac. Right? We, we're, I'm so glad for Eliezer. I'm so glad for the camel ride. But I go into, into the tent with Isaac alone. Yeah. Amen? Amen? That, that does not downplay Eliezer. That does not downplay the camel ride and all those different kinds of things. But the main emphasis was on Isaac. That's right. That's right. Amen? And so we need to make sure that we love Isaac. And it's easier to, because we have pictures of Brother Branham, or we, have, we know people who knew him, it's more tangible to us. And Isaac's kind of a bit more mysterious. The Bible says he was meditating out in the field in the evening time when Rebecca came close. But Lord, let your mysterious become more tangible to me. Amen? Amen? I want to love you, Lord. I want to be a genuine, I want to genuinely love the Lord Jesus without someone telling me I have to. <laughs> I don't love my wife because someone tells me I have to. You better love your wife because that's, you have to. <laughs> That'd be a hard relationship. Right? If you were con- constantly under the gun, love your wife, you have to, love her. Or she, was, or she was told the same, love your husband, you have to. It'd be hard. Right? But if there's a genuine love, it's a wonderful thing back and forth, between each other. It makes for a wonderful relationship. Where sometimes, when things are going really good, she doesn't have to say, I don't have to say much. She can read me without me saying something. I don't have to spell it out. She's smart. She's sensitive to me. She knows my nature, my quirks. (laughs) But she can see it coming. Because she knows me by relationship. The Lord doesn't always have to spell things out to us. Sometimes it's just a little nudge. And you know, okay, something's wrong here. Because you know him, you have a relationship with him. He doesn't always have to yell and shout and so forth. Oh my. Hallelujah. To love the Lord with all my heart, mind, and soul, and strength. The Bible says, as we, to love the Lord with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. Now, the heart, is a, the heart, I'm just going to go through this a little bit here. The heart is a mysterious place. <laughs> the heart is a very mysterious place. Brother Branham says many things about it. It's an altar. It's the center of your emotions. It's the ark. It's the abode of God. There's so many things. If you type heart is the, Brother Branham will say many things about it. Okay? Even in Ezekiel 36, a new heart will I give you and a new spirit, and I'll put my spirit within you. There's many things about the heart. But there's one quote or thought, he talks about how the heart is like the ark. Amen? Amen? And in the ark in the Old Testament, the, the word of God was there. And he says, now, I want to write my word in your heart. Your fleshly tables of your heart. Not just in tables of stone, but in the tables of your heart. I want to write my word there. But sometimes I find we're like tablets with legs, just trying to run away. When God wants to write his word in our heart. We're constantly running here and running there. We're too busy for the finger of God to write his word in our heart. Hallelujah. Lord, let me stand still long enough for you to write your word in my heart. Amen? Let me not just be running here and running there. Let me give myself to you, Lord, to write your word in my heart. Hallelujah. I want to love him with all my heart and all my mind. Now, your mind is a mysterious place also. Brother talks about how you have five gateways in your mind. Memory, imagination, consciousness, affection, and reasoning. Right? And the mind is the womb of the spirit and so forth. So it's important for us to love him with those faculties. Oh my, to love him with your memory. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now the memory, as I've, I've, I've said before, not here though, but if you have a good memory, it can be a blessing and it can be a curse. Because you can remember your mistakes over and over and over and over again. (laughs) So your memory can be a very haunting place if you allow the devil to make it like that. Or it can be a wonderful place. (laughs) Amen. Where you memorize memorize scripture. The promises of God. Amen. Quotes of the message of the hour. Wonderful things that God did in your life. And you constantly bring those up. Amen. Amen. you recall those things you recall those things to your mind. So it's important for us not to allow our memory to get warped or our imagination to get warped. <laughs> Lord, let, my imag- let you have control over my imagination. Use it for the glory of God. Let me love you with my imagination. This world is trying to control our imaginations from a very young age. Right? The world, by media, is trying to shape our kids with a very weird imagination. To love dragons and witches and ghouls and goblins. All the toys and all the movies have to do with witchcraft and so forth. Right? Warping our kids' imagination. Oh my, that's why it's so important to teach our kids the Bible stories and so forth. Hallelujah, there's such value in that. Amen. Teach them the good Sunday school songs. I love we drive down the road and my son puts his head out the window and just starts singing the old fashioned hymns. That's so wonderful. Just driving down the road and he's singing away. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. It's good to lay those things in their mind, in their memory. Consciousness, that's a very tricky one. Not not conscious, but conscience. If you're conscious, you're just you're awake. If you're unconscious, you're laying there, you're alive, but you're not alert. <laughs> but some people have a very high conscience, right? They're very sensitive to what's right and what's wrong, and they'll beat themselves up all the time uh, if they're wrong, right? If you, if you have a very high conscience, you need to give yourself a lot of grace because God's not going to always tell you exactly what to do, right? So some people get so nervous. I don't know what should I do this and should I do that? I, I don't know what to do, right? And this could—if if this is wrong, do your best. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I don't know exactly what to do here, but I'm, I'm trying this and if I'm wrong, Lord, help me not fall into condemnation and so forth. Oh my, Lord, use my consciences for the glory of God. This is an age where the people's consciences are becoming so seared. The moral compass is completely gone, right? What is, what is virtuous, they call unvirtuous and vice versa, right? It's amazing what they're calling virtuous these days. The complete conscience of people is completely become rotten. Lord, let, mine love, let me love you with my faculties, with my affections. Hallelujah. Let me have real affections toward you, Lord, towards your word, towards worshiping with one another. Amen. Towards encouraging the minister when he's preaching and so forth. I love seeing the guys in the front row. That's so wonderful. Amen. Taking notes and so forth. Oh my, let me be affectionate towards your word, God. Let me be soft towards you, Lord Jesus. Let me love you with my reasoning. (laughs) Come, let us reason together, the Lord Jesus says. Hallelujah. Lord, let me love you with my reasoning. Let me love you with my soul. Amen. There was a, a quote in Greatest Battle Ever Fought. And I had it. I just want to read it to you. Now, if you sit down when you go home, and remember in Greatest Rafat he says, body, soul, spirit, but later on, it's body, spirit, soul. Okay? Now, if you'll sit down when you go home and draw these three little rings, you'll find out that the outside body has five senses it's contacted by, and that is see, taste, feel, smell, hear. That's the five senses that controls the human body. Inside of the body is a soul, and that soul is controlled by imagination, conscience, memory, reasons, and affections. That's the thing that controls the soul. But the spirit, it only has one sense, soul, only has one sense. And that sense either dominates it, is faith or doubt. That's exactly. And there's only one avenue, free moral agency. You can either accept doubt or you can accept faith, either one you want to work on. I find that so fascinating. Your soul is dominated by either faith or by doubt. And the avenue there is free moral agency. Amen? And so many times we surrender our free moral agency to be used to let doubt dominate. Rather than letting faith dominate. Lord, let me love you with my free moral agency to allow faith to dominate. Faith is a literal substance. That's not dependent upon mental faith. It's something real and something genuine that God gives. By revelation, yes. it's something real. It's not a hope so. It's not a I think so. It's not a best guess. It's something real. In the Hebrews chapter eleven, the faith chapter, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah! Faith is something He gives you to believe Him and to believe His promises. A substance. Something literal and something real that comes by revelation. You cannot, you and I cannot manufacture it. If God reveals to you that you're going to be healed, you're going to be healed. No matter what circumstances say. If God gives you faith for salvation, you're saved. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's something real. And we cannot manufacture it. So Lord, I want to love you with my heart, with my mind, with my soul, and with my strength. This is the greatest commandment. Right? There's so many under other wonderful things in the Word of God that are important. But they're not the main thing. Right. Yeah. Remember, Paul says, you know, some think you, some think you can only eat herbs and some think this. and Right? So that's, that's in the Word of God, but it's not the main thing. Right? Yeah. right? Yeah. Oh my Lord Jesus, I want to love you. I don't want to lose the plot and let my mind be scattered and not to realize what the main thing is. Right? Because we get lost and disorientated in this world and we forget to love the Lord Jesus. No matter what happens, it makes life simple. Because tomorrow, as I said this morning, you don't know what's going to happen. Circumstances could go this way or they could go that way. But you can love the Lord. (laughs) Right? Right? Let, the, the main, let me be consistent on the main thing uh, to love the Lord. Amen. And there's a quote, it's one of Tom Ray's favorite in the Church Age book. It says, The cloudy skies and storms of life are no signs of God's disapproval. From the Church Age book. Neither are bright skies and still waters signs of his love and approval. His approval of any of us is only in the beloved. His love is elected. Which he had for us before the foundation of the world. Does he love us? Ah, yes. But how shall we know? We shall know because he said so and manifested that he did love us, for he brought us to himself and gave us of his spirit. Oh, my. We shall know he love us, loves us because he brought us to himself and gave us of his spirit. What a tremendous thing. And I'm bringing this to a close here, but what a tremendous thing. The thing that we can know that he loved us because he brought us to himself and gave us of his spirit. Right? Like I said this morning, sometimes we don't emphasize that enough and so we overemphasize other things. But Lord, you brought me to yourself and you gave me of your spirit. What a wonderful thing is that? Hallelujah. And he gave me as his spirit, placing us as sons. And how shall I prove my love to him? by believing what he said and by conducting myself with joy amidst the trials that he in his wisdom allows to come to pass. Hallelujah. I'm going to close here in about two minutes, okay? I just want to wrap up on this. I love how it says here, by believing what he said and by conducting myself with joy amidst the trials that he in his wisdom allows to come to pass. Oh my, how wonderful is that? It's a very, very familiar quote, but sometimes we think of trials in terms of finances or sickness, and those are trials, but you can have more trials than that. What about the trial of loneliness? Feeling like you're the only person in the world and no one loves you and cares for you. That's a trial, and you'd be amazed how many people go through that. I go through it too. Amen. I'm almost done here. I know it's a bit scattered tonight, but how do I show my love to him? By conducting myself with joy amidst hard trials. Right. Amen. That's right. It's hard sometimes to feel forsaken, like the Lord Jesus was on the cross. He knows what it's like. And you and I are not God manifest in the flesh, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We're his sons, and, but he, he was God forsaken. Someone who healed multitudes. And was forsaken. He can be touched by the feelings of your infirmities. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm so alone and nobody knows how I think. Have you been there before? Yeah. I have lots. Nobody understands. And maybe, honestly, nobody does. It's true. <laughs> but God does. It's absolutely true. Sometimes nobody knows how you feel. And they could, they could never because they're not you. They can do their best to be in your shoes, but they can never understand fully how you feel because, oh my, you're different. You're a completely different person. And they can do their best for you to love you as themselves and so forth, but God understands. Amen? Amen. That's a trial. To someone, oh God, let me conduct myself with joy amidst the trial of loneliness. When it feels like I have no friends and everybody's forsaken me and people misunderstand me, Right? Let me conduct myself with joy amidst that. Amen. Amen. Like I said, sickness, that is a trial. Absolutely. Financial things, that is a trial. But there's more trials than just that. (laughs) Oh, my. Lord, when it feels like you have... I'm sorry, I'm trying to close here. But when you feel like you have no friends. Amen. And you see people, it seems like, wow, they have a lot of friends. And it feels like you have no friend where you could really share your burdens with. That's a trial. Right? And sometimes you're around people and you get to know them and then you, you really share their burden and you overwhelm them and they run away. <laughs> that's, that's too much. <laughs> I can't handle that. Right? <laughs> oh my, that's hard. Right? Yeah. Some of you, maybe you don't have a, um, a trial of, you don't, you don't have a family that's together. You're raised by just a mom or just, by just a dad. That's a hard trial. Yeah. I, I come from a divorced family and you deal with things almost your entire life. Right? I'd say, God, you in your wisdom allowed these things to come to pass. In his wisdom. In my wisdom, I would say, why'd you do this? (laughs) This is hard. But in his wisdom, he allowed it to come to pass. I mean, I just think of, you know, the thought God has to to make you and I. Like, God took my mom and dad and made me. (laughs) And you. Your own mom and dad made you. But then, my parents were divorced at a very young age. I don't even know when, it was too, I was too young, so I don't really know the full story, and then all of a sudden in grade two, I moved to Nanaimo, and I have a stepdad, who was a hard Albertan farmer, <laughs> from Bonnyville. okay, and uh, he was a lot more harsh and rugged than my real dad, where I used to dread Saturdays, because Saturdays meant work. And if, if when, when you came to Friday and you think, surely there's nothing to do on Saturday for work, he'd find something. Right? And at the time, I thought, this is so brutal. But now, I think that was exactly what I needed. Amen. Or else I would have been so soft and pathetic. <laughs> Not that I'm super rugged and everything right now, but <laughs> but, but God knows what he's doing, At the time, it might not make sense. Some people feel like they've been walking on the road to Emmaus for a long time. Why did this happen? And why did that happen? And why did this happen? You can live live like that. Why this and why that? Amen? Who, what, when, where, why, how? You just live amongst those questions. But God knows. and he, He wants to draw close to us. Amen? He wants to give us understanding concerning those things. He's not a high priest that cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Every specific thing that we think is so hard, he understands. And I, I can't make you believe me. I, I, you know what I mean? I can't make you believe what I'm saying. But even the things you love the most, I'm sorry, even the things you love the most, he knows. Can I end with a funny story a little bit? Is that Okay. One time I was single. I think I was single. Was I single, Christina? The cheesecake. I was single, and I was so craving cheesecake. Does anybody know what that's that's like? Does it crave something? And I was with my oma, and musicians can come, how about? I was with my oma, and she makes good cheesecake, but she says, Kyle, I don't have any of the ingredients. I can't make you a cheesecake. Oh, I'm just craving it. So I go to church, and I'm single. And after the service, the sister says, Kyle. I, I made this cheesecake and I saved some for you. The very day. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's just, to some walking around, it just looks like Kyle's receiving a piece of cheesecake. Right? And I was. <laughs> but the love of God, the love of our bridegroom, he's not like some mechanical God. You know, I love you, give me a hug, right? He's very tender, And if we could be tender back towards him, we'd see his tenderness more. But we have to major on the emphasis to love the Lord thy God with my heart, with my soul, with my mind, with my strength. There's other things in the word of God, absolutely, that that are important and that are valid and that are good. But the main thing, let us not try and go through living in the Christian life without loving God. Don't let me just love Christian service and not love God. (laughs) Right? Right? Let me love the Lord Jesus himself. Oh, my. So I hope that'll help you a little bit. It was a bit scattered tonight, but it'll be okay. Do you want to stand up with me? Maybe we'll sing deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus. Do you know that one? I love these kind of songs. And if you're a young song leader, don't neglect the older songs amen there's something about them so that's my that's my word of inspiration for the young song leaders not that you are but don't let's stay with them (laughs) ready
0: deeper deeper in the love of jesus daily let me go higher higher in the school of wisdom More of grace to know
2: turn to you know, complete, complete, complete in him. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for having us this weekend. Amen. Have a wonderful rest of the summer's over, but fall. And may Lord give us strength in this very strange season. We don't know how weirder things are going to get with the U.S. election and so forth. Lord, let me love you. (laughs) So many things are uncertain, but I love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. See me through these times. Lord, give me the strength not to faint. And to keep pressing on. Amen. God bless you. Let's sing this and I'll turn to the Complete, complete, complete.
0: alone it's not by works of righteousness
1: to sing, I'm amazed that you love me. When I just hear the different perspectives and you get this picture of who God is and the diversity of every one of us and that he knows every one of us. Oh, I'm amazed. Can we sing that to him? I'm amazed that did wouldn't sing any songs he didn't know. But just put up verse 1 if you don't mind for a minute. No one knew how alone I was feeling and the emptiness I tried so hard to hide. Though I laughed and said my life was fine without you, I was covering up the tears that cried. If we would all be honest, there's times we've come to the end of ourselves. We don't have the answers.
0: Amen.
1: Our friends don't have the answers, but God has the answer. That's the God that's come to us. You know, there's a saying in the world, you know, somebody will say something, get real. You know what we heard today? Get real. This is a God that loves us, that cares for us. Brother Kyle doesn't even know it, but in my opening notes, I never even got to it. I had Luke 10:27, and it's a story about the man who came to Jesus. A lawyer came tempting him. What's the great commandment? And he says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And Brother Kyle just went down that road tonight. You know what? That's the God that cares for us. That's the God that loves us. He knows how to do things. He knows how to open things up. And he, he you know, he knows, he knows that an organic island kid needs a harsh evil farmer. He knows those things. He knows what we need. He knows the season. He knows how to put things together. That's the God that we serve. He knows who's in this church. He knows who you're up shoulders with. Oh, I, I love him, don't you? Why don't we just sing unto him, I love him, I love him because he first loved me. Ah. when you're truly in love with god i believe that god wants a relationship with us you can take the message and to some as our brother kyle brought this morning it's it's a pentecostal message it's a can be a seventh day adventist message it can be whatever but this message there's nothing on the face of the earth like it brother Branham said it's god revealing the back." part of his mind. It's not just uh, its not just a higher level of denomination. It's not just do's and don'ts. There's not a checklist when you get to heaven. Do you understand serpent seed? Did you get baptized correct? That's not what it's about. It's about a reproduction of the life of Christ in a people called the bride of Christ. Now, if we could catch that, and if you listen to the message, Brother Branham went through stages. He, he, in his simple walk, he's a young Christian. He said, I thought God hated me, but Jesus loved me. I came to find out Jesus was the heart of God. And as he'd go through the message and, and he would go to certain pulls, there began to be an emphasis as it was with Jesus. Jesus came to earth not just to turn water to wine. That was part of it. He didn't just come to earth to to rebuke the Pharisees, but he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And so there came a time where his emphasis changed. And his emphasis, he set his face to Calvary. And he began to walk that road. And so a message came in the end. And this message, even the prophet came. And he says, why am I so hard? And why am I so harsh? And Lord, He's show me in the Bible. Show me a character. And he opened the Bible. And he went to Genesis to Eliezer. And he says, sure, it's the calling out of the bride. If we could recognize this message. I, I, I feel like I could preach now. But I, I, I just, I, I, I. I want to give credit to what Brother Kyle said in the Church Age book. Before there ever was a speck of stardust, the bride was on his mind. So, this is the back part of God's mind. So, this isn't just straighten up, line up, do this, march, march. Inf- you're in the, you know, we run our houses like a boot camp if we're not careful. But, really, it's to put us in relationship with Jesus Christ. Isn't that what God's desiring? The prophet even came to those stages. You know, he, he came and preached the mis- Christ, the mystery of God revealed. And, and he comes and, and he comes to the end. And he's just singing a song. And then he stops and sings it again. He says, Did you catch that? Did you see how the Holy Spirit raised that an octave higher? He said, it's the move is on for the bride. He said, it's God. It's the third. No, he said, the third pull is on. And he said, it's God calling out a bride. That's the message of the hour. If we can catch it. I, I, I believe, you know, there was, even in Jesus' time, there was those, Sermon on the Mount, there was those that sat close hearing every word. And then there was those that sat a little further down, and then there was those that were further out. I'll tell you what, I, I find no greater joy than to sit at the feet of Jesus. Than to walk with him and to talk with him. Not just in church. And I don't I don't just live to go to church. I actually go to church to, to learn how to live with him. Amen. That that's just a step. This is not the end game here. It's a walk with him, it's communion with him. Oh, do you love him tonight? Isn't he wonderful? Isn't, isn't he the most precious one to you? Amen. Well, we sure had a wonderful time. Thank Brother Kyle for coming. I don't know if I've ever stood behind a pulpit with a zucchini and an, under, an onion with under me here. If something smells next week, brothers, you'll know that the deacons forgot it or Brother Kyle forgot it. But, but uh, these things stick with us, don't they? We're all different. We're all, we're all apart. We appreciate you, Brother Kyle. We appreciate your love for God, your love for the people of God. God bless you. We also appreciate Sister Christina. She has to live with Brother Kyle, so let's pray for her and uh, appreciate their children. God bless you. It's really nice to have you all here this weekend. We sure had a good time at the grad. We had a good time in church today. You know, I, it, it makes me feel good. I, I, I feel good when, when we can have these kind of times, and it's just refreshing. It's good to be a Christian. Just, it's the best life you can ever live. There's there's no other life but this life. Amen. Well, I I, I don't know, brother Dan, if you have a I, let's just sing. I feel like traveling on. How does that sound? The Lord, the Lord has, has been so
0: good to me. Oh, I feel. Travel.